0: Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the I Hear You podcast. I've been looking forward to today's episode because it takes a topic that I'm quite passionate about, validation, and provides a sort of advanced course for honing that skill. Now, if you haven't read my book or listened to my earlier episode on validation or read one of my articles on my blog, you might want to pause this episode and go do one of those things first because you'll probably be a bit lost if you don't. Today, we'll dive into five additional insights and tips that I don't cover in my book that will help you take your validation game to the next level. And what that ultimately means, of course, is that you'll feel better equipped to support others, you'll develop deeper and more satisfying relationships, and you'll be more confident dealing with conflict in the workplace, in your marriage, and really in any other relationship in your life. Let's dive in. You're listening to the I Hear You Podcast. A show dedicated to exploring the most powerful, practical techniques for improving every relationship in your life. And now, your host, best-selling author and relationship coach, Michael Swanson. Okay, before we get to the five items, a little fun fact here. Michael has a bit of social anxiety now around doing uh numbered lists. And uh If my assistant Allie is listening to this now, I'm sure she's laughing because twice now I have accidentally left out one point. Uh, The first time was actually the 10 ways to brighten someone's day. If you listen to that and we're actually taking notes, which is maybe kind of weird, I'm sure most of you don't take notes, but if you were... You'll notice that there's actually only nine in there, and you know I went back when we transcribed it and put it on the blog, and uh, we put the seventh one in there. So it's a little Easter egg that if you didn't hear it, you can go back and read that. There are ten online, there are only nine uh, on that episode, and then one of my more recent ones. I found out later that I actually had forgotten to record another point as well. I caught that one thankfully uh, and was able to go back and re-record and put it in there. So. Not that that really has anything to do with today's episode, but I thought it's kind of funny. And uh, if in a future episode you recognize something's missing, maybe cut me a little slack. It's uh, it's difficult to just use an outline and dive into these things here. So anyway, all of that aside, little insight into the imperfect Michael and the imperfect I hear you podcast. Um, all of that aside, I am excited to dive into the five advanced tips for honing your validation skills. Tip number one is to make sure that your verbiage conveys empathy rather than sympathy. Now, I do talk about the difference between the two in my book and in my online articles. The reason that I'm stressing it here is that I see that a lot of people, as they're practicing validation, still sometimes slip into sympathetic responses. And what I mean by that is that they feel like they are on the outside looking in, and they can almost come across as patronizing. So again, just a quick refresher here, sympathy generally is standing on the outside of someone's situation looking in and talking from that kind of distanced perspective. So it's saying things like, that must be so hard for you, or I can really see how that would hurt. Those two instances, while they're kind and they're a step toward validation they're not quite there because they're still sympathetic right so if someone says that must be so hard for you can you see how that can come across as patronizing it, there can almost be an unexpressed uh, understanding that you're saying that's so hard for you it wouldn't be hard for me but i can see that that's hard for you now of course that's not what we mean by it and yet that's how it often comes across So the more empathic response, again, empathy means stepping down into the situation with them, at least figuratively speaking, and feeling how they're feeling, and then showing them. That's where validation comes in, is showing them the empathy that you feel, showing that you understand the emotion that they're feeling. So rather than saying that must be so hard for you, try, that's so hard. Instead of saying, I can see how that would hurt, try saying, That's painful, no doubt. Do you see how those two tweaks feel more connected? They feel like you're in it with them. So, that's what I mean in point number one here by saying that we want to make sure our verbiage conveys empathy rather than sympathy. So, as you go back and as you start analyzing uh, your validating comments and the ways that you're trying to connect with people, check to make sure that they are conveying that empathy. And that they're not distanced or detached by saying, that must be so hard for you, or I can see why that's so painful. And instead transition it into those more empathic responses where you just say, oh, that is hard. That is painful. Oh, I, I, I can totally see where you're coming from there. All right, tip number two for honing your validation skills is to get in the habit of validating without being asked. Now, what I mean by this is, what I focus on primarily in my book, and primarily when I travel and speak on this and do trainings, is how to respond to somebody in a validating way, right? Most of the time, people come to us and they're complaining or they're venting, or they're sharing something they're really excited about and they want validation on, and, and we focus on sharing in that experience with them and validating their response, and that's powerful, right? That is huge, that's, that's something that most of the world does not do. If we want to take it to the next level, try validating somebody before they ever bring anything to you. It's essentially showing appreciation. And just yesterday, actually, I was browsing uh, on Google uh, three different articles on my phone, and I came across a study done by the O.C. Tanner Company. This was a 200,000-person global study, and they found that of employees who quit their jobs cited a lack of appreciation as the key reason for leaving, or as at least a key reason for leaving. Almost 80% of people who quit a job said it was because they didn't feel appreciated. Now, sure, every now and then you might get an employee or a coworker who comes to you and says, Look at what I did. Isn't this cool? And that hopefully will serve as a trigger for you to go, Oh, Uh, I can validate this person. Great. Most of the time, they're not going to do that. Most of the time, they're going to just do good work. They're going to do their very best. They're going to struggle through difficult situations and not say anything. And that is where you have an opportunity to take your management, if you're a manager, take your friendship, if you're a coworker, to the next level by recognizing and appreciating what they're going through and offering the validation before they say a thing to you. So, for example, my, my boss actually did this a couple of months ago where we were talking about something. We had our normal one-on-one meeting and I was walking him through everything that was going on. And then right as we were about to wrap up, he he turned to me and he just said, by the way, thank you for everything you're doing. You deal with a lot of stress. You you deal with a lot of difficult uh, situations. And I know you you're managing a lot right now. You're juggling several different projects. I want you to know that I see it and I appreciate it. Thank you. That was amazing. It felt so good to feel appreciated. And again, what gave that power is that he didn't just say, thanks for all you do, but he honed in on the specific items that he knew I was dealing with. He was validating the fact that I was dealing with some difficult uh, personnel situations he was validating the fact that I was juggling multiple projects. These were all things that I was wrestling with in my mind, and I conveyed to him, you know, at different periods throughout the past week or so. But he took the moment to volunteer in that moment and say, "Thank you. I recognize this, I'm validating what you're going through. I want you to know that I see it, and I appreciate it." So I tried to make a point of doing this in my own work life and recognizing people who go above and beyond, and recognizing people, who simply do a great job even if it's part of their day-to-day job responsibility. So simply walking up to a coworker or a colleague or a direct report and saying, "Hey, by the way, I noticed that you stayed late to finish that project. It turned out really well, and I want you to know that's something you should be proud of." You know, if you want to take it into your romantic relationships, it might be something as simple as recognizing that your partner did the dishes. And, you know, maybe you say, "Well, it's good that they did it because I've done it every other night this week. Instead of going there, maybe you can step into a position of love and appreciation and walk up to your partner and say, by the way, thank you. I noticed that you did the dishes and I know that you had a lot going on tonight. That probably wasn't at the top of your list. It really means a lot to me. Thank you. That's validating. And they didn't have to say anything to you. That takes it to the next level. That really helps build charisma. You you strengthen your charisma Anytime you validate, you you show the other people that you interact with that you care about them. Anytime you validate, when you do it unsolicited, when you just approach and you just volunteer this this validation and this information and this appreciation, it gives it a little something extra, a little little something special, to help them recognize that you care about them. All right, tip number three for strengthening your validation skills is to put extra focus on the justification piece. Now, what I mean by that is, if you remember back to when we talked about validation, effective validation has two components. It recognizes an emotion, and it offers justification for that emotion, right? So one of my favorite words, transition words to use here is the word especially. And this is something that you can use almost a shortcut, if you will. So maybe your friend is complaining to you about some guy that was really, really rude to her. And you might just say something like, oh, that hurts, especially since he didn't even come back to apologize. You know, maybe maybe you're talking to a coworker, you're on the customer service team, and they just talked down a very angry customer for the fifth time. And you say, dang, that's impressive how well you handled that customer. Especially since that was your fifth angry customer today. That can't be easy to keep your cool like that. Both of those use the word especially, and I'm not saying you should always use the word especially. What I like about the word especially, though, is that it sets you up to really focus in on that justification piece. So it's one thing to say, that was impressive how you handled the customer. That's cool. That's nice. But if you say, that's impressive how, how you handle that customer especially because x y and z you're really focusing in on the fact that you understand why that was so impressive or that you understand why this is so difficult for someone so that's that's tip number three is to put a little more focus on the justification piece sometimes we're tempted to focus so much on the emotion that they're sharing which is important you, you want to show them that you recognize how they're feeling there's a lot of power. And putting just a little extra effort into that justification piece. Now, some of you might be listening and say, well, I don't really want to pile on all of this stuff, right? If somebody's upset, if we go back to that example of your friend who uh, is feeling really angry at this other guy, you might think to yourself, well, if I say, maybe she didn't think about the fact that he didn't even come back and apologize. And now if I'm offering that and saying, oh, that sucks, especially because he didn't do this, am I fueling the fire <laughs> am i am i stoking it is that harmful my thought on that is no and the reason i say that is this validation is so magical so powerful because we are opening up space for the other person to feel whatever they're feeling and sometimes if you take for example a flame you know a small burning fire and maybe it's semi enclosed but it's burning You know, it's going. And then you open up the doors and all this extra oxygen flows in. Oftentimes it flares up, right? Because fire fuels, uh, oxygen is part of the fuel that fire needs to keep burning. And so in that very instant, you might open the doors and go, oh my gosh, (laughs) I just made things 10 times worse because now they're just, oh, they're feeling it all. Maybe that was the wrong thing to say. Not necessarily. Because by opening that up, you're allowing it to burn. Oftentimes you're helping it burn quicker and eventually it burns out. Eventually it turns to ashes. And so if we take that, that metaphor or analogy, whatever it is, I always forget the difference, and apply that back into emotion now, by allowing them space, by offering that justification, by saying, especially because of this, or I can't believe that, what you're doing is you're allowing them to feel that emotion well enough that they can process it. And nine times out of 10, it does fizzle out. They, they, they feel it well enough and it goes away or they learn to handle it or they decide to reach out to professional help if it's something that's bigger and that needs that. So that's why validation is powerful. And that's why focusing in a little extra effort on the justification piece is quite powerful because it really drives home the fact that you do understand where they're coming from. You're not just paying lip service. All right, on to tip number four, which is validating with just your tone and body language. This is interesting. This is something that I didn't frankly pick up on while I was writing I Hear You, because I was focusing so much on the obvious ways of validating and trying to find a way to teach people. It's tough to teach people body language and tone of voice in a book. What what you can teach are the words. What you can teach are the principles and then let people... Adapt and apply it to their lives, however makes sense for them. Nevertheless, point number four here actually is quite powerful. So right on the heels of talking about how you can really tweak your words and hone in and use the term especially, and follow it up with a lot of justification to improve it, you can also validate with little to no words at all. And again, it has those two components, validation does, emotion and justification you don't always have to use a lot of words to get there you could simply say sheesh you know and just sit in some silence there because what are you conveying with that type of a response well you are conveying some emotion right it's it's probably shock or awe or disgust <laughs> and the justification piece is the very fact that you yourself feel the same way you know that it could also look like just saying, "Oh man," or "I'm so sorry," or "You have to be kidding me," <laughs> you know, or even just again, or really sincerely, even just a look. Now you can't see me, <laughs> you know, this is podcast audio, but even just raising your eyebrows to convey pure shock can be quite validating to someone. So if you're talking to me, and and as you're talking. I don't even say anything, I just give you this look of complete shock on my face that essentially says, you've got to be kidding me, that's so ridiculous, that's so dumb, that's so stupid, that look alone is quite validating. Now of course, most times you are going to follow up a look with a sentence or a phrase or something, but what I'm focusing in on here is the fact that that is important. And that does strengthen your validation when you recognize that your own body language has a lot to do with how you're communicating and and what you're conveying to this other person. And last but not least, tip number five is to look at validation as a tool to connect rather than a fix-all for your relationships. Now, I bring this point up because sometimes people ask me, well, will validation fix this? You know, how, how on earth can it repair that? You know, this grave, this crazy situation, how, how can you say that validation is going to fix everything? Well, first off, I don't make that claim, <laughs> that validation fixes everything. Yet validation is almost magical. You know, I talk about, all about it in my book. I refer to it almost as a superpower. I mean, there's, there's a lot of power here in validation. Yet it is absolutely not a one-size-fits-all that technique that magically fixes everything. It's a tool. It's something you add to your communication skill set to help you show genuine empathy for and connection with another person. It's, it's sort of like walking into Home Depot and telling an associate that you're building a house and asking what tool you need. You can't just build a whole house with a hammer. You can't build a whole house with just a saw, right? You, you need to have multiple tools, you need to have multiple resources, and multiple people. And then you have to know how to use them all together properly to build something. It's no different with relationships and with personal happiness. In fact, that's why I've created this podcast, to help provide the additional tools, resources, and insight that people need to build their houses, so to speak, going above and beyond just validation. Because absolutely, validation is powerful, and I cover several principles in that book and on my blog, and there is more to it. So when you understand how to use validation alongside these other tools and other principles that we're talking about, that's when you can create amazing things. So when someone asks me, as they did the other day, am I really just supposed to validate the guy who's telling me he's abusing his wife? Am I really supposed to just validate my coworker who thinks I screwed up and blames me for everything? Am I really supposed to just validate someone who's constantly complaining to me and suck it up? No. The obvious answer is no. You are not supposed to just validate those people. Though once you understand how to use validation properly alongside these other skills, such as boundaries, holding people accountable, personal responsibility, strong communication skills, you will want to validate because you'll recognize the immense power it has to help resolve the situation. So, you know, I mentioned because he mentioned abuse. I mean, he mentioned Hitler. I mean, this this writer who, for the record, I am grateful for his question because he was sincere about it. Nevertheless, some pretty extreme examples here, Right. That sounds a little crazy. Why would why would you ever validate somebody like that? But if you think about it, as validation is a tool, it helps you resolve the situation in the best way possible. Heck, former FBI hostage negotiator Chris Voss talks about this in his book. Uh, I link to it in the show notes here. It's one of my favorite books. It's called Never Split the Difference. Because he talks in there about how validation is the very first skill the FBI uses during hostage negotiations. I mean, you're literally dealing with someone who is threatening to kill dozens, if not hundreds of others and themselves. And the FBI still starts off with validation. Why is that? Well, because again, as I say over and over on this podcast, if we want somebody to hear us, if we want even a prayer at having a rational conversation with someone especially In these emotionally charged situations, especially in a situation where we don't know if the other person's even thinking clearly or rationally, our best chance is to first hear them out. To first do our best to understand where they're coming from. Now, of course, this is not the only skill the FBI uses. They know how to use that tool along with all the others, and many others, I should say, to successfully de-escalate that situation. So I'll I'll, I'll wrap up this point here with one very simple example that I dealt with just the other week, and that was working with a a coworker of mine, uh, a direct report who was complaining that they felt like they had zero autonomy and they weren't able to move forward with projects that they had they were working on. And I listened, and and I I could appreciate where they were coming from, and I recognized that they were feeling that way because that was the truth. Six months, twelve months, eighteen months ago where we were still trying to figure out some processes and procedures here. And at that time, I jumped on that feedback and I did everything I could to improve their autonomy and to give them the tools and the resources that they needed to move quickly. And I will say that I made the necessary changes. Not perfectly, of course. You can never get perfect in all of that. But I know that I did because I received feedback from several other people who at one point felt stuck, who were now feeling very excited and very positive. This one individual still didn't feel like there was a difference. And so first I validated their concern and I said, you know what, Uh, I completely appreciate where you're coming from. That was especially the case, you know, last year, Uh, I admit full well that you had a very difficult job and that you still have a very difficult job. And I hope you can see here how all these other changes that we've made in the past several months have really given you a ton of autonomy. Uh, You know, and then we started a conversation and I asked this person to give me some examples of ways that they hadn't been trusted and ways they hadn't been able to move things forward and they couldn't point to any, you know, and, and that was the start of a deeper conversation where we started to unpack things. And I was able to use some of these other principles that I share on the podcast here to help have a candid conversation and give this person feedback and invite them to change their perception invite them to reassess the situation and hopefully recognize that things have improved, that they did have power, and that I appreciated all the work that they have done and am very excited about the work that I believe they, they can still do for the company. So I'm getting perhaps a bit long-winded on this point number five here, looking at validation as a tool. But I wanted to give a couple of examples there because, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, if you made it to this episode, I imagine you've listened to others I think you're starting to realize the reality of this, that validation is, I will say it is versatile, it is universal, it can be applied to virtually every situation in a way that helps you manage that conversation, that helps you connect better with that person. Now, not every situation. In fact, just recently I published an article on my blog uh, about when validation is not the answer. And as a bit of a spoiler, there's only one instance that I have been able to find uh, where it's not the answer. And you might be surprised by that. And you might be surprised by some of the additional areas where you wouldn't think it helps, but is actually tremendously powerful. So I invite you, if that sounds at all interesting to you, to check out my website, michaelssorensen.com. You'll see the article on the blog there. But to wrap up point number five here, again, the reminder here is to look at validation as a tool. And to really look at every conversation that you have and ask yourself, is there a way that validation can benefit here? Is there a way that I can use this to show the person that I care about them? Can I use validation here to calm the situation? Can I use validation here to show the person how how I'm listening and that I want to work with them? This is an important paradigm shift. If you have been looking at validation as something that's just supposed to fix things once you validate. So let's wrap up today's episode with a quick summary. We're talking about ways to really hone your validation skill. The first tip is to make sure your verbiage conveys empathy rather than sympathy. Tip number two is to work on validating without being asked for validation, right? Observe what people are doing and saying and volunteer validation. Tip number three, put some extra focus into that justification piece. Really show people why it makes sense that they're feeling the way they are. Tip number 4 let's find ways to validate with just your tone and your body language. Let that enhance what you're saying to the other person. And tip number five, look at validation as a tool and a tool to connect with people rather than a fix-all. So for today's invitation, I think it's obvious, (laughs) I think it's simple, take one or more of these five tips and try it out. Try it sometime today. If you're going to talk to another human today, you will have an opportunity to practice validation. You will have an opportunity to try one of these things. And if you want a suggestion, try tip number two, which is validating without being asked. It's fun. It always feels nice to brighten someone's day. It always feels nice to see that little spark and that surprise in their eyes when you just compliment them or thank them or otherwise acknowledge and appreciate them. I promise you it'll brighten their day and it will most certainly brighten yours. Now, in today's show notes on my website, michaelssorensen.com, I will post links to all the other articles that I've written on the topic of validation. Uh, You'll find many deeper dives into some of the things that we've talked about today. And of course, I, I invite you to reach out to me if you have questions. Maybe there's something as we've been going through here that popped into your mind and you thought, well, okay, but what about this? Or maybe you tried validation in a certain situation and it didn't pan out the way you had hoped. The topics of this show are largely guided by you, the listeners. My aim is to provide actionable, real world advice and insight and, and solutions, or at least direction to problems that we all face. So, Again, feel free to reach out to me on my website, and I will work in answers to those questions hopefully either in a future blog post or a future podcast episode. And with that, we wrap up, and I wish you the absolute very best this week, and look forward to talking again soon.